and welcome to Down the Alley. This is PMAC. And Ted T.S. Sparides. And JP. And Katie. <laughs> Got and... cracking a beer. I'm having a water. That sound made it on without my microphone. Is that a Coors Light water or? Only LaCroix. <laughs> Only LaCroix. Something about the bubbles. I'm drinking La- Coors Light. Oh, You're having a what? Coffee. Are you trying not to go to sleep tonight or? I'm trying to be the best I can be for this late night podcast because I want to be in bed right now going to sleep. Well, yeah, yeah. You and me both. I my allergies too just like hit me 10 minutes ago and it's all just in my dome right now. So grinding through that. Um, how's everybody else doing? Um, doing great. I I won't rant just yet. I'll let you guys say hello and everything, but I've got two things that are really on my mind, the wind and yeah. parents. <laughs> um, I don't know which I'm more mad at right now. But so what was I'm, the second one? I was too busy laughing. Uh, parents. Parents, oh. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at parents, actually. Oh. But I have a point to be said about parents that everyone said before. But I'll let you guys say hello. So how's everybody doing? Let's check in with Katie. Katie, how are you this evening? Good. I could rant about the wind. We just like can't catch a break with this weather. Yeah. You don't it's, get to. I'm not going to let you steal JP's. So I'm uh, sorry, but my so friend's Ted, Nana calls no, it. No, no, I'm cutting you off. I'll press the mute button if I have to. Ted, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm good, I guess. Um, I don't. I do. I have something that I want to rant out about, but it's an off-air conversation because, um, yeah, I I don't want to do it on the air here. Uh, maybe maybe in the Discord, maybe. Okay. Um, okay. But, um. I'll let JP go. And then I, I may touch on it, but it's a, it's a gray area, slippery slope, as they say. Interesting. I don't want to, I don't want to come off the wrong way. So, uh, okay, let's start with JP and then maybe, maybe I can try to pull it out of you. Um, yeah. So I don't know if anybody went outside today, but if you did, you probably lost your hat or your small dog or anything that wasn't attached to the ground because, it felt like we were in 50 mile an hour winds all day long. And at practice today, the wind was so strong. It literally bent a metal like bracket. I don't know. I'm not a a metal guy, but it bent a piece of metal in a goal that we had. And I didn't think the wind was that powerful. I mean, I know like in certain situations it can get pretty strong, but we were we literally chased the net across the field. It was just tumbling around. It was it was blown over. It was all it's one of those foldable nets. It was all sprawled out across the ground. It was making practice a little bit difficult, but I think I think you know we just I was telling the guys we deal with it. Can't change the wind, so we just made do with practice with what we could. We did a lot of ground balls, not a lot of shooting. I don't think the guys maybe necessarily earned the shooting today, but you know that's a different. A whole different rant. Now, my other topic for today is I was at the Prior Lake Edina girls game, and I don't understand girls lacrosse, but there was one whistle into the game to start the game, and then five seconds later, there was a whistle. I don't know if it was for the draw or if it was for something that happened afterwards, (laughs) but one of the parents from the crowd goes, call it both ways, sir. And I was like, dude, it's the first five seconds of the game give them a chance to even call it both ways like and then they were just i mean it was both sides so i'm not calling so out. whistle one 
I heard pack. that. Yeah. It was... I heard that across and I was like, I think, I didn't feel like we played enough. Yeah. Game. <laughs> you think it was like facetious? Like when, you know, Tiger Woods tees off on a par five and they're like, get in the hole, you know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, was it just someone just being like, just trying to be an, like an idiot just to be funny? It could have been. And if it was, <laughs> then that's hilarious. Yeah, um, no, I, I think that, but, ha- that has to be a joke. I, I hope so. But then the rest of the game, and this has happened. This wasn't just on Saturday. This has been every game I've been to. Like, parents just yell. And, and like, <laughs> lacrosse games are a small environment where you can hear every word that is being said. And it's not the most, like, safe for work language. Um, so, I don't know. It, it Like, it's one thing for a player or a coach to yell at a ref, give them an earful. But, I mean, come on, guys. You're parents you're watching your kids play lacrosse be passionate but i mean keep the insults you know to your neighbors at least i don't know it's pretty it's pretty hilarious you know i've been in the booth the last couple of years and i was at a game this uh this last weekend we'll we'll dive into that game later this episode and i would agree i I would second what jp is saying i me and casey were like crying laughing at this one parent and we were like sitting two rows behind him like this guy had to have known we were laughing directly at this guy (laughs) this guy was obnoxiously like i was i don't miss the booth i don't miss the booth. well i i love coaching so i'd rather be on the sideline don't get me wrong but when i'm viewing the game i think i'd rather be in the booth yeah um yeah obviously this is like my my first time like back in the high school thing uh for like 10 years like it's been like 10 years um and i guess back then i was like jv coach slash hey you can stand on the sideline in varsity but don't say anything kind of thing like i was still very young like like hey you can help out like varsity fifth assistant kind of thing and so i didn't get super involved in the game like, you know, getting into it. Like I was just like, Hey, just, you know, get guys water. If they need it, stay out of the way, just be, be of service. Right. Well, now obviously I'm, I'm like offensive coordinator. I have to be very involved in the game and like, it doesn't happen a lot, but there's actually some, like, there's some banter between the kids and the coaches, like more than I thought would, would actually happen. Like, like the kids will say stuff right to my face and I'll say something back and then we'll just like laugh it off and like go on. It's not like F you or anything like that, but like in, in, in our first game, like there was a, a push or no, there was a, sorry, there was a flag on the other or on our team. So we're like, we're going to go man down and it's, I I'm on the side our bench is on our offensive side. So the, the other team's D and we got a flag and, you know, obviously there, then a player on the other team did like, like did some celebrating or said something. So they got a dead ball foul or a dead ball turnover. So we were still man down, but they gave us the ball. And so I was like, you know, Hey, orange, pick it up, pick it up. And the kid was like, you guys are man down. Like, like what, do you, why would you pick it up? And I'm like, Oh, you, I was like, Hey, your buddy got a dead ball foul. Cause he said something number one or something like that. And he goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Or he said, it was just, it was like, again, it was like lighthearted, but like, I guess I didn't expect like guy, like players to be saying stuff to me as a coach. 
Um, and maybe that was just one, like a unique example. And it was fine. Like, I don't care. Like it's part of the game, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting aspect of, of, I guess, like the high school season. Maybe I don't really, that doesn't really happen in club very often. It's just like, you go and you play your games, you move on. Um, so I don't know. That was just, yeah. Yeah. I've definitely a few times when I was coaching at SCA, but I actually have had a decent amount of times in, in the club circuit where kids will like, they'll chirp me. Like they'll say something to me. Like I can't give specifics because I don't really remember, but um, like they'll, they'll say something to, to me about the team or like about, you know, 36, even though they don't know us, like, kids can be ruthless sometimes and I'm just like, I'm not going to chirp you back because yeah, I'm an adult, we have but to be adult. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you can't, you know, like that happened a couple of years ago in, in college that uh print, was it the Princeton coach or the Towson? One of the coaches, like a kid was like jaw jacking him coming off the field and he like stepped onto the field and like gave him an elbow and like the kid got dropped and he got fired like the next day. It's like, you yeah. can't, as the coach and like the quote unquote adult in the room or on the field, you got to like, obviously just like, you can't really get too involved, but um, no, I, I, I've been, it's been interesting the amount of like dialogue there is between like players and coaches versus like, like, you know, we're always saying stuff at refs and refs are saying stuff to us, but I don't know. It, it was just interesting. I guess I didn't expect that. You're muted. Sorry. Um, we've got Eric, uh, in the waiting room. Should we let him in? Yeah. All right, here we go. Coach, can you hear us? I can. How you doing? Hey, doing well. Uh, <clears throat> we got coach Eric Burt. Is it Burtness? Yeah, it's Burtness. All right. Welcome to Down the Alley. How are things going this evening? Hey, long time listener, first time caller. So good to be here with you guys. Long time listener, really? Yeah, love the show. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I, I, I did a little uh, little Googling of you. Looks like, are you, are you in your seventh year at Irondale? This is my ninth year at Irondale. Ninth year. Okay. So your Connect Lax is not up to date. Um, and are you still only a two-time section coach of the year or is that out of date as well? Two time. That's it. All right. Still two time. Okay. So ninth year, still two time. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Need, to, need to get, need to get moving on that. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get you to throw. Well, I, Hey, you got my vote for a third time this year. We'll see. It's, it's early right now. It's early. It's early. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So yeah, we'd just love to, you know, I, I first question, uh, this is from the fans directly. Where's Irondale, man. That's the worst part about Irondale. Um, we are actually in the mounds view school district where, uh, in New Brighton, right next to Moundsview, actually. Uh, for those of you guys who are familiar with the North and 35W, we're right behind the Mermaid, if anyone's ever been by that weird bowling alley. Um, but yeah, we're like a northern suburb, pretty close to the cities, and uh, no one knows because we're called Irondale. I feel like people think we're like some weird northern school, but no, we're, we're right near the cities. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So yeah, we just love to get a good introduction, um, you know, you know, from you, like, uh, what's your, what's your background and how do you get introduced to the game? So I started playing in middle school because I went to a tri lacrosse event at uh, the national sports center. 
And I think it was Roseville High School was running like a clinic there where people could try from any different area. And we were so impressed. I went with my brother and my friend. We were so impressed. We bought a stick and gloves right there. And my mom signed us up for box lacrosse. And so I played box for a few years in middle school. And then I played on the the first varsity team for uh, the Andover Huskies when I was in eighth grade. And that makes me sound like I was a really good player, but I think it was because we only had enough people signed up to have one team. And so we had a couple really, really rough years. Um, but by the time I was a senior, um, we were a school that was really active in getting it to be a high school league sport. Um, but the funny part is, is we ended up sticking in the MBSLA for a few years after all that hard work. And uh, we lost to White Bear Lake in the MBSLA uh, state championship game when I was a senior in high school. Hey, Eric, um, oh, uh, this, is, this is Ted here. Um, how, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm 33. Okay. So I'm 35. So I, I think Roseville back then they were, they were a top dog um, that back in those years when, when we were in high school. Um, and I, I remember they were doing uh, so much up there uh, to, to grow the game and to just introduce people to the sport. So I, that brought back some kind of some flashbacks when you're talking about that. Yeah. And I do think it's funny because I remember, um, so we were Andover, but we were co-opt with Elk River and Blaine. Wow. And so it was, there just weren't enough Northern teams for everyone to have their own. And so it was a lot of uh, hard work to get the sport moving there. And I, you know, I have been and always will be, I think, uh, like a North Metro lacrosse guy. Um, and so I feel like uh, a lot of, of people in the state, uh, in the know, or in, who are doing a lot of the work to grow the game, don't know as much about the North. So I don't know, maybe I'll be your guys like Northern correspondent at some point. No, I would love that. We need, we need more, more Northern guys. Uh, we, you know, met beach over in Centennial this year and, uh, gave me a great barbecue spot. So beach is at the top of my list. So there is an opening for number two. <laughs> Beach is a great guy. We've had some really good battles over the, over the years, and uh, yeah, no, he's he's my top guy too. If if you know, it's going to be really hard to beat. But if you can come up with a better barbecue spot near Irondale, um, then that that's the I think that's the only way you'd be able to you know overmatch him. I'm not going to be able to um, because I feel like we're like practically a food desert. Um, but I will say that I think I've, I've come up with your, your Saturday, the 21st plan. So you guys are getting barbecue. You're heading to uh, BSM Centennial at two o'clock. And yep. then on your way home, you're going to stop at Irondale and we're, it's going to be Irondale Edina that night. I, I, I like where this is headed. I like where this is headed a lot. So this is, this is May 21st. Yeah. Sign me up. There we go. Yeah. We'll make a day out of it. I'm going to have to get a couple uh, memory cards for all the content we're going to get, but I think so we can make that happen. So it's BSM Centennial? Yeah, two. At two. Love it. And that it's at Centennial? Yeah, it's at Centennial. So we're going to Smokies. And yep. then w where did you say we're going from there? Irondale High School. We play Edina. Oh, Edina. You guys are going to smoke Edina. <laughs> you, are, you guys are going to just demolish Edina, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> hopefully there uh coach lee is a great coach so i think it will hopefully uh will be a great matchup and something we need before uh sections 
you don't need to be Eric, so nice this on this Katie podcast. now. Austin, maybe before you commit to that, Eric, I'm sure then your teammate was uh, Jake Mellum up there Jake on Mellum. that boys 07 team. Yes, Jake Mellum, a good friend of mine. We graduated together. Yeah, uh, we, we were line mates for years, and my job was just to feed the ball to, to Jake and he <laughs> the whole team. Oh, that's sad because I will go on the record saying that he's not the most athletic person I've seen. He, was, <laughs> he, he is, he is married was. to my best friend in the whole wide world. Wow. A small world. Yeah. Jake, it is. I think he scored a hundred goals this senior year. So Did he? He, he had, he had I'm not going to believe it. We're going to go off the record and say that <laughs> that's an unofficial stat for sure on an official stat. It was probably way less than that. And the guy probably couldn't even pass and catch. You're probably just the, pumping him up right now. This is the last thing Jake's ego needs to. It's the last thing he needs to say that on the, on a podcast, someone else is not even provoked to say that he was a good lacrosse player. He only had one hand, but he was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. Um, did you do anything after high school lacrosse wise? Uh, did you go on and play in college anywhere? No, I didn't play. I, I was a pretty average lacrosse player. My coach, Andy Herbert in high school, he was like, you need to get into coaching. So I kind of went back to Andover and coached with, uh, Ken Weichel, who's still their coach there and a good friend of mine for a few years after high school. And, uh, you know, I got, I, I'm a teacher, so I'm actually a teacher at Irondale. And just like you guys and any listeners, I didn't know where Irondale was when I went there for my job interview. Um, but I got hired there and I tried to get on as an assistant coach, but I think there was like some legal trouble with uh, my predecessor and they hired me to be the head coach when I was definitely not ready for that job in like February when I was like 23 years old or something. And they were coming off of a winless season. And my first three years there, we won eight games. Uh, we beat Cooper four of those times. Uh, and then I don't know, whoever else probably doesn't have a varsity program anymore. Um, and it was, it was kind of rough sledding for a couple of years, just trying to get kids out. We didn't have anyone who played on the traveling team. We didn't have, um, really any history of, of lacrosse or any organization to the program. And so it was definitely a process, um, trying to get that going. We moved into the Northwest suburban right away which felt like a big step up, but it was probably just what we needed to build a, a program and ended up being pretty good competition for us for a few years. Uh, and then, you know, I think it was like 2017, 2018, um, we kind of came out of nowhere. We were undefeated in the regular season in 2017 uh, or 2018. I'm sorry. Uh, we ran into uh, Matamidi in the sections and they absolutely humbled us with, what I thought was a fantastic team, but we were just not ready for that. Um, I know you had coach beach on uh, and the big struggle with being in the Northwest suburban was that you just, you, we would play 12 conference games every single year. And, you know, there's a lot of great programs, but compared to what you needed to be doing to compete with uh, you know, to get to where we wanted to, we just didn't have those games and we didn't see that speed. And so we were constantly trying to get, late season scrimmages set up with some of the top programs, um, you know, just because we needed to see that. Uh, Eden Prairie was nice enough to play us the next year. Um, and we were pretty good that year as well. Uh, but, you know, we were trying to hop up and get into the state conversation and without being able to see that all season long, it's pretty difficult. So are you still in the Northwest conference or have you guys moved? So we moved to the suburban East conference. And so okay. last year was our first year in the suburban East. 
Right on. So obviously you guys have progressed. You guys are starting to make some big wins. Um, you know, going a few years back to when that started, you know, what, what kind of helped push that process along to, you know, kind of going from only beating one or two teams a year to, all right, we're winning games, we're winning conferences. We want to, you know, push to, you know, be a, a state team, you know, a top team in the state. So we don't have, a, we don't really have a youth program at all. And that is, you know, I think that's a little different than most of the teams in the state, at least some of the, the top teams. Um, well, except for Benilde when you can just snake people, but I digress. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know who Justin Hoban is, but he's the former um, TG coach back when they used to be pretty good. And he's um, running our youth program now and he does a great job. I love him. He's a really good guy, but we share a youth program with St. Anthony and with Moundsview as well. And I would say that 95% of the kids are Moundsview and St. Anthony kids and St. Anthony high school is co-opted with Tatino Grace. And so we probably get, I don't know, two or three kids a year total that come from our youth program. And so we just started recruiting anyone we could from seventh, eighth, ninth grade. And uh, we got our numbers up one year, all the way up to 95 kids out for the team. Wow. And we have had to just accelerate kids, you know, through our program. So a lot of kids playing youth lacrosse are practicing maybe two or three times a week, or they have a tournament and a couple games. Our kids are practicing, you know, five, six times a week, playing as many games as we can, trying to, you know, get them caught up as quickly as possible. Um, you know, we played in a league for a few years with our, with our middle school kids, with Benilde, uh, St. Thomas, Blake, and Breck. And that was a big help to kind of building our program and having our seventh and eighth graders practicing every single day with our, our whole program and then playing against those schools. Uh, was a big one. And then I think just understanding that our school is different. I mean, we're not your traditional lacrosse school. We have 50% of our kids are students of color. We have 45% of our kids are on free and reduced lunch. I mean, we're not the kind of school that usually does well in lacrosse. And so we've had to kind of bring lacrosse to a different audience, you know, to a different community and try to grow the game in a way that it hasn't naturally spread in the state. And so I think that we've had some teams that are full of you know, big, strong, fast athletes that have snuck up on some people. Yeah, this is you, super. Do you leverage being a teacher to like help recruit kids? Like in the classroom, you kind of like, hey, like you might notice a higher score on your test if you come out to tryouts. <laughs> I think that being a teacher is huge, and I think any coach that's not in a school is at a disadvantage, um, just because I get so much extra time with the kids. I mean, at this point, I have a bunch of the lacrosse guys eat, eat lunch in my classroom and just chat lax with me. And we watch college games and talk about stuff all the time. So I do think it is a big advantage to be there and to know the kids and, you know, watch them in their other sports as well. So films at noon every day. <laughs> I wish, I wish we were that organized, but uh, no, they, they do like to come in and hang out and just, you know, do whatever and build some community within the team. And I think other kids see that and they want to be a part of it as well. What hey, subject coach. do you teach? Uh, world history. Nice. Coach, I wanted to actually, you, you kind of touched on it. I wanted to compliment your team. Um, <clears throat> I think the, there's a maybe a generalization, a stereotype of the North Metro teams are just athletes, right? And you talked about you were recruiting athletes and you got to kind of get them to play lacrosse. Um, I tuned in to your game on Friday night against White Bear Lake. Um, and 
your team most certainly is not just athletes. Uh, you guys can play lacrosse. Guys are right and left-handed, throwing passes. Um, it's not just guys running down the middle and scoring. You're certainly athletic. Um, you know, don't let me take that away from you. But, um, you know, it, it looked like I, it, I was surprised. I, I just was like, wow, this, this team can play. Um, and it, um, you know, you're doing a great job, whatever you're doing to develop them quickly from, you know, maybe late middle school or early high school. Um, it's certainly working. So, uh, well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your kind words. I will say guys, I, I think I have one of the best coaching staffs in the whole state and I'm not talking about myself one bit here. I have amazing, really experienced staff. Um, I have Barry Weintraub who's been all over the state. He was at Rosemont for a few years. St. Thomas, uh, Mounds View, he's running the defense. I have uh, Dan Bruski, who runs my offense. He was at Maple Grove for years. Uh, I just brought in Josh Swart, if you guys know who that is. He was the like 15-year head coach of Blaine. Um, his nephew's on my team. And so we've had a friendship for the last few years. And so he came in this year, and he's been a huge help to us. Um, Blake Nastrum was his goalie coach at Blaine for years, and so he's there. Um, Jake Shaver's running our face-offs, and then we have just a ton – of alumni guys who are back to coach, um, you know, our, our B team right now. So I think I have a, a staff that I would put up with any staff in the state. And I know people are probably rolling their eyes right now, but it's super experienced guys They're They've been everywhere. They've seen it all. And uh, they make my life really easy. The, the fact that you, you know, even have someone that's working with goalies and working with face-offs uh, puts you in the, probably the top 10% of coaching staffs right there without anybody knowing anything about these guys. Um, you know, you've, you've assembled the right staff to make sure that, you know, you can develop all aspects of the game. So um, no, I, that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, I wanted to touch on the youth program and, or the lack thereof, maybe. Yeah. Um, so from my understanding, what you said, players are are starting to enter your high school program in seventh eighth grade yes so that's i here it is guys i'm going to give everyone all of my secrets um we've been running a seven through 12 program for years and that's that's been the trick i mean i've i've had i know a lot of schools don't get that opportunity their ad's don't allow that it also means that we can't cut anybody and so everyone who tries out is is part of it um, I think this year we have about 66 guys in the program. Um, a few of them are middle schoolers and it's been a great way for us to kind of find target and develop middle school athletes. And uh, you know, like I said, I know they're doing good work. And I, I, I think it, our youth program has gone from uh, what was just the mounds view youth program to one that is, is working on developing guys for us, but we're, we're still a few years away from ever getting like a class of, of kids coming up that has any kind of real lacrosse experience. No, I think it's a super innovative way. You know, you've kind of realized, you know, what the strength and weaknesses are of your district. And, you know, you've, you've come up with a game plan to attack that. And, you know, it's just kind of an innovative way, you know, from the programs we work with, you know, it's a, it's a, they have a youth program, whatever within their city, this is a great way to solve that issue. Um, so are the youth players, you have like a nine ten program, they're kind of playing on the, the B squad or, you know, how, what's that kind of situation for the newer players kind of coming into the high school program? Yeah. So they have to play on the nine ten or B squad program because I think if they play in the varsity and JV, they're not allowed to play in any youth leagues and they, 
need to play in their summer youth leagues. And so we bring in seventh and eighth graders. They practice with us, you know, five, six days a week. Um, as long as they stay on that team, they're eligible to play in their youth leagues. And then, you know, I think what has happened is like, we've taken some real lumps on, with that team. And I think the kids um, get to a point in the middle of the season where they've really improved and they can't see it yet because they're playing bigger, stronger, faster kids. And then, you know, the few of them that play in a youth league, they go there and they're like dominant on their teams. And so we've had a couple of kids have really moved up quickly for us. Um, if you look at our roster this year and guys who are playing for us, we have, uh, you know, there's a, there's a really good group of seniors, but there's a lot of ninth and 10th graders that are playing some really big minutes for us on varsity right now. And that's kind of where I wanted to take it. You know, what's, what's the team looking like this year? Obviously I want to talk about the upset that, that got down the alley buzzing. Um, but you know, what, what is the team looking like? And then, you know, obviously dive into that. So I felt really good about this group for a while, not just because they're talented, but because they're really good coachable kids. And I've had talented teams in the past who were kind of a headache sometimes, or maybe didn't like each other as much as I needed them to. Um, but these kids are really, you know, eyes on the prize, really want to do something good this year. Want to be, have a special season. Um, we have four starters that are all seniors on defense. A couple of them are committed to some D2 schools out East already. Um, that's probably the strength of our team. I mean, I think we've given, we haven't given up a fourth quarter goal in three games. We, you know, have, have hardly given up a goal six on six all year. Almost everything we've given up has been in transition on some kind of weird play or man down at this point. Um, so I'd say that's the strength of our team. Uh, we have a couple really good senior midfielders uh, in Connor Cavall. He was uh, all state honorable mention last year as a junior. Um, he's, he's fantastic, exciting guy. He's only, he's not very big, but he's one of the most exciting guys you'll watch. Um, Sam's up for as a senior. He's been pounding in goals for us so far. No one knows if he's a lefty or a righty. Uh, and then Charlie Shaver is a really good attackman. He's a junior for us and he's, he's been fantastic as well. So I think, you know, there's a good mixture of experience and some young guys. Um, and, you know, we wanted to test ourselves. It's kind of hard when you're a Northern team, but also when no one even knows where you are uh, and you're trying to challenge teams every year, we try to schedule the best teams possible. Um, we reach out to everybody. A lot of them ignore us or a lot of them, you know, have already made deals with every other team. Um, and so we're excited for anyone who will, will take us on. Matamidi reached out to us this year, which was really cool. Um, Coach Naros played his first game against us. Uh, we were up early in that one. Um, thought it was a pretty even matchup. They kind of took it over late in the third and, uh, you know, we never got ourselves back into that one. And then we had Stillwater um, next and, we got off to the worst possible start. Uh, we were down two zip in the first two minutes. And uh, the rest of the way, I, I thought we were every bit as good as they were. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but last year we played Stillwater to, we lost in, in Stillwater in overtime. And so we played them really well two years in a row. I think we match up with them really, really well. We were actually winning in Stillwater last year in the final two minutes. They tied it up, um, man up, and then they, they won it man up in overtime. So over the last few years, we've played them to a tie. Uh, and in this one, it, it didn't really feel like a fluke to me. And, I, you know, maybe if you reached out to Stillwater or something, they'd say something different. But I felt like we proved that we were just as good as they were this year. Um, you know, 
we, we didn't give up much. Our, our defense was lights out against them. And uh, we kind of took the game over, I thought, late, late in the game and, and got a late winner in the final minute. It doesn't seem like a fluke looking at the score and based on what you're kind of saying, like a defensive team, you know, what are our reports on Stillwater defensive team? When you say, Ted, big goalie in between the pipes, you're kind of a defensive first team as well. Yeah, yeah I think last year they were even more so. Um, they had a ton of polls that they graduated. Uh, their program is the one of the best in the state for the youth. I know they won the state tournament at 14A and B, I believe, and like 12A and a bunch of them. So, I mean, they're just a factory at this point. Um, but they returned, I think it was six or seven guys who had 30 plus points. And so we were kind of excited about that matchup because, uh, you know, we thought, all right, it's, it's strength on strength a little bit here. They have got six guys out there at all times who had 30 plus points last year, a couple of them hovering around 50. You know, this is a team and an offense that, you know, lost by one in the third place game, you know, gave Benilde hell in the state tournament last year. And so, you know, I thought we thought that we matched up pretty well with them. And I thought our defense held up better than people probably even expected. Yeah, I got my fair share of uh, Stillwater beatdowns last year. So that's that's a very solid program and and definitely a program that when you beat them, you definitely want to be proud and a little bit boisterous about it. So it's a big win. It's 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 uh it's good to get that early. And it sounds like you guys have set up kind of a maybe a, a rivalry in the makings, given that you're you know one and one against them in the last two years. So hopefully they keep giving you a game and you guys can keep uh you know, getting some revenge on them for the people that got to be down from them in years <laughs> past. <laughs> no, we, we, we like playing them. We want to play good teams. And, uh, you know, I think later in the year we have Edina um, and we have Moorhead. There you go. That's a wagon game for you guys. Love it. Love it. Are you we're going there or, or are they going to you? We're headed up there. Love that. Love End that. That's going to be a fun trip for you guys. Uh, we have uh, Woodbury this week, too. We're looking forward to that one. Um, I think that they, you know, obviously they have Hooley, who's one of the best offensive players in the state. So looking forward to that one on Wednesday, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of good games left for us. It's still early in the season and uh, just got to keep the guys heads on straight and hopefully staying out of your guys uh, peripherals or your ideas of your top eight. So that was one of my, that was probably my next question. Are you a top eight? Are you a down the alley top eight team? We, I don't think Irondale is meant to be a top eight team. I think we're meant to be like uh, looking on the outside, looking in with my players complaining to me about it. So they've been, they've been checking in on the rankings and I, I hope that we are like always just on the outskirts of that stuff. You know, I, Apple doesn't give me the, the that specific of a stat. So I, I didn't, I didn't know we had Irondale listeners happy. We do love that they're listening. Um, but I feel like this is the year for Irondale to be a down the alley top eight. People are losing left and right. Um, I feel like I feel like the league is wide open. There, I don't I don't know if it's ever been um, as level of a playing field as as this year. I, I don't know, hey, Ted. What do you think? You're you Ted. You're the one that saw him play. You you got some video coverage yeah. of him. Um, well, you know, all right, what do you think about Irondale? Yeah, so so actually last year, if you remember, they were my section four pick for Dakota State. <laughs> we let you down. Uh yes, uh, a little bit. <laughs> but it was like 
I'm like looking at this. I'm like, Irondale, they've won like seven games in a row. Like a close game with Stillwater. They beat White Bear, um, you know, close game with Creighton. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, I, I'm going to get on the the underdog. And, and you know, unfortunately it, it didn't work out. And and I'm sure I'm not to like bring up, you know, you know, bad memories or anything, but um, I, then I, then, you know, this year started and, and actually, we played Matamidi in a scrimmage and I was like, okay, they're pretty solid. So I saw that score and I'm like, okay, nine, five, you know, Matamidi respectable. So I was like, then maybe they're kind of similar. They're just going to be kind of hanging around. And then, and then the Stillwater win. Um, and I'm like, okay, fluke or not. I don't know. Like, did something happen? Was there someone hurt? What, you know, there's always the questions. So I had to tune in and, um, like I said, I was extremely impressed with your team and not because I, I don't know why I sh- thought I wouldn't be. Um, but I, I was like, wow, no, this team's for real. Uh, I'll put you at nine for right now, just to keep your boys hungry. Oh, uh, I, I, you know, I think if they, if they can beat Woodbury on Wednesday, then they may squeak into the top eight. So we'll see. So I got one, one last question. There was some conversation about the gray alternates that you guys wear. Um, yeah. Now I got to know who, what's who going on with the gray those? alternates. I don't what, know. I, what's I the conversation? Are, I have not heard this conversation. So fill, they are a fill very the people unique, in. They are a very unique look. You don't see that kind of Heather gray look on anybody. And they've got that. I think is sweet. Irondale, like Miami vice kind of script logo on it. So I got to know, how do you feel about those jerseys and who designed them and, and signed off on them? Because I think you have probably the most unique look in the state. So we have a lot of jerseys. Okay. We're playing 13, we're playing 13 games this year and we have uh, four jerseys and five shorts. So we're going for it. We have whites, we have uh maroons that we have with gold shorts and, and maroon shorts we have the grays and then this year we we try to debut a new jersey every single season against Moundsview because we hate Moundsview and we want to like ruin their program and make all their kids quit so this year we're going blackout against Moundsview um so we have those coming the the gray ones are interesting because my friend works for Levi's actually out in California and she does patterns for Levi's. And so I told her to make something fun for me. And that's what she came up with. She sent it to Unreal. They made them for us. I thought they turned out really cool. That's awesome. I also love that you guys are basically the Oregon football of Minnesota lacrosse. Five or four jerseys with five different pairs of shorts. Like, yeah, that's but- awesome. I bet the guys absolutely love doing that. Do they get to pick the combinations or is that head coach decision for every game? They can pick them. They've already been trying stuff on. They always, we, we do, uh, oh, here's a good trick for all of you coaches who can't your, get your jerseys back. We get our booster clubs to buy us a new set of jerseys. We put the seniors' last names on them. They get to keep them. I make, I, I order an, an extra one of each of those numbers, then we can wear them the next year, no problems. All of our jerseys come back. There you go. That's awesome. Oh, that's um, super cool. But yeah, that's, that was our plan. And it's kind of like, you know, I think sports are super competitive right now, even within your own high school. Everyone's playing you know, seven on seven football, suddenly AAU basketball, all kinds of hockey and soccer and all kinds of things. And so I do think even in, in, within a high school, I think it's really competitive trying to get people to come off of your sport. And so I've just been trying to make us look as cool as we can and, you know, put stuff up on social media. So kids will 
think it's cool and want to come play lacrosse. Yeah, I just pulled up your your Instagram. I, I'm a fan. I sign off on the Grays. These are these are sweet. So I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of the Grays. Um, speaking of social media, uh, did you say you have a podcast? Yeah, I do. I I uh, have a podcast. It's called the Northeast Podcast, and it's I think last week we just had our 630th episode. So holy smokes! And we've, we've been at it for a long time. We do two episodes every week. Uh, we do them on like professional sports and movies and TV and all kinds of stuff. So just things that we're interested in. But um, yeah, I, I have a couple questions for you guys, though. Is that OK? Uh, that's very allowed. OK, um, first off, before this isn't a question, but you guys have been all over Buffalo. And I have yes. to give you my one experience with Buffalo to kind of tell you that I'm also on the Buffalo wagon. Let's go. So, so we played. We played them in the summer. So there's always like the homegrown tournaments in the summer or whatever it is. I don't know. And then we play at National Sports Center. And they picked the divisions and they put us and Buffalo both in the silver division. And I think we were both like kind of offended. And we just both absolutely obliterated everybody. And then we played each other for the championship and they beat us 6-5. And they were fantastic. So I agree. I think Buffalo is top five in the whole state. And I think they're like a sneaky contender. I'm with you on that. They're super, super talented and super well coached, like absolutely most underrated program in the whole state. Okay. How about their defense too? I know you're, you're, you're pumping their offense, their defense in winter league ran my guys over, like ran them over. They have some athletes, like some, like not even like top lacrosse athletes, like top athlete athletes uh, that I've seen anyway. I mean, these guys are studs. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you guys on the hype. I, like, I'm, I'm, I've got a spot reserved for uh, when they go to the state tournament. I, I think they're the real deal this year. And I thought they were super deep, really talented, played really smart lacrosse, like just a, a really fun program. So I'm with I, you guys on that. I hate that they got moved. It's such it, to chance section. But when they embarrass all these big, just privileged public schools, <laughs> I can't, I just, I, I cannot wait. Have you been to Buffalo high school though? Because they, they are a privileged high school. They have, oh, are they? Yeah. They have two stadiums back to back. Like they have a grass stadium. That's like a full stadium and it has a grass field for soccer and a track around it. And then they have like a football and lacrosse stadium backed up to it. It's like really fancy, rich, privileged school. I got. Hey, good for them. That's why they're a wagon Bison Boulevard, <laughs> baby. I'm here for it. Fine, All right. whatever. So I have a couple. I have a couple of questions for you guys. They're super easy. I need to know what you guys think is the best uh, stadium to play in in the in the whole state. I have mine. Go ahead. St. Thomas Academy. Yes, sir. <laughs> and it, it pain it pains me to say that. But the way that stadium is designed where you come in and it's, it's kind of sunken down and like, it's, it, maybe I got a little tainted because of the, the one game or the couple games that I've been there have been rivalry games. So they've been packed, but it's a super cool stadium. I also think Creighton is very interesting because it's got the fence around it and it's like kind of tucked back there. So two private schools, I, I guess um, maybe just more unique. Here's my answer to that question. STA is a fantastic stadium, sweet stadium. The environment for the CDH game, though, that one particular game is unbeaten. They bring a cannon out. I don't know. 
last time they brought the cannon out, the, the city of Mendota Heights said no more cannon. So I don't know if that'll be coming out this year, but um, for one specific game, that game for sure. But I think sleeper home stadium to play at is Northfield. The Raiders have just like an old style, like grass field. It's, it's metal bleachers and like the entire town comes out to the game and it's awesome. You've got guys sitting there from the age of like six to 97, all wearing their big cowboy hats. I mean, the, the town is asleep because everyone's there. They're all fired up. They've got a tiny little old school scoreboard at the end of the field. Like I said, it's grass, but you feel like you're in kind of an older world in a great way. And the passion of the fans there is unbeaten. So I, I think I got to give it to Northfield. We played there last year and it was really cool. Uh, I guess for me, when I was a player, um, Egan, it, they had grass still. Uh, I was, it was playing Egan. Like I, it was probably more so like just the game and the team than maybe the environment, but playing Egan, you never knew what was going to happen. Um, and it was just always a fun team to play. I'll go. I think back to like the playing years when we went, Ted and I went to Jefferson and when, before they had the activity centers, you actually got to play in Lincoln stadium, the varsity games, like where the football team played. And I always thought that was kind of cool. Cause like never, I mean, soccer played there, but I didn't play soccer. So I thought it was cool. Like now they don't, they play at the activity centers, but it was cool to have anywhere that has like actual bleachers, press box type thing. And that's where we played before uh, the Jefferson and Kennedy activity centers, like had turf and anything and grass and, you know, muddy games were mud baths and everything, but there was a full on stadium seating. And that was always really cool. I have two more questions for you guys. My answer, by the way, was Anoka. If you've never been there, they have like this old school bowl stadium that's away from their campus, like downtown Anoka. It's amazing. Um, best rivalry. Wow. I'm going to have to give it back to CDH and STA. I, I Granted, I'm pretty biased on that, and I've been a part of a lot of those games. Um, and I, I think that because they both know they're the they're private school, they're the St. Paul private schools, they just hate each other. I was, well, I was put up in the booth last year because we were going down to three coaches at that point, and I walked down to the field at halftime to go talk with the rest of the guys. And I walked back up and made the mistake of walking past the CDH student section. They weren't letting me walk by. Like they physically were not letting me walk by. They were being fine. But I mean, some of the guys in the back of the student section were giving me all kinds of earfuls. So it's a, it's a heated rivalry. There's a lot of passion in it. It's an old school rivalry, at least for those two schools. So I'm going to have to give it to the private schools. Uh, my favorite rivalry, I love uh, inner city, like, you know, like a Bloomington, Kennedy, uh, Jefferson, any border battle, like Lakeville, like the Lake Bills. Uh, those are in general my favorite. Um, but again, I have a biased answer. Prior Lake Benilde probably right now. Um, yeah, they, they don't really like each other. Yeah, I was going to say Prior Lake Benilde just as of recently, because they've played so many big games against each other. Um, and they're definitely, you know, cream of the crop when it comes to, you know, programs, but 
Um, I think Matamidi Stillwater for me has been a very interesting um, rivalry in the last few years because I think Stillwater's until last year has actually had some really good teams and Matamidi has spoiled that, um, you know, maybe didn't have the top regular season, but always found a way to get into the state tournament. I was going to say the border battles, but PMAC, I'm surprised you didn't say the Rosemount Prior Lake rivalry that always is because you lost to them in the section final and now they're back in the section. Yeah, I guess we were a rival, but they just ended my career. I know, so but it's still kind of a rival. It's I go the yeah. inner city ones too. And like I, a Woodbury East Ridge, I've never experienced it, but I'm pretty sure it's probably probably pretty pretty yeah intense. just as of as of late Benilde's probably been prior lake's biggest rival so yeah how about you who's irondale's biggest rival Moundsview. we hate Moundsview. we're trying to we want to end them this year we plan may 5th and uh we're gonna try to just take their whole program down for good so does that did <laughs> I, I love the answer i love i i love everything about what you just said did something um, stem from that? Is that just being close to each other? Is... Well, like the kids go half, half go, like the kids grew up together and then they split yeah. for high school. Yeah, they're the, okay. I mean, I don't think my employer would like this that much, but they are the, the rich school and we are not. And we're the two schools in a district and we lose to them in almost every sport, every single time, forever. And like the rich school always beats the poor school and that's how it's seen in our community and their teams go to state and everything and they win the tournaments for everything. And we have not had a lot of answers for them in most sports, but we do now in lacrosse and we're going to put them to the sword on May 5th. Let's go. All right. right, Last question for you guys. Best unis. I hate to say this, but those Edina ones, those girls Edina ones on Saturday, I liked them. How can you like their I don't colors know. or anything that's going I thought they were. What, do you, what thought, do you mean? I don't know. I just liked them. I, I caught myself a couple times sort of gazing at those, at those away uniforms. The green. I don't mean they're white or home, whatever. But I'm like, the green was eye-catching. I think I like them because they're Nike and they remind me of the Oregon girls always play and I mean obviously it's like a different color green but I liked them Barmington Tigers orange porthole black shorts yeah you guys got the orange porthole dialed in for this year I think I like rose mounts a lot just because it's very clean and the matte blue helmets look really nice with their all whites that they're wearing um against Jefferson last week um I'll probably have a different answer on that just about every week. I'm a big uniform guy. Like I follow all the different uniform accounts on Instagram. So I I could change my opinion every 10 minutes. I think this is an idea that we need to do. We need to start publicizing the the new uniforms every year because that's a great question. And I feel like I haven't seen enough, but off a gut reaction, I'm going to go Moorhead. I just feel like Moorhead's brand. I, I, I they, they got to be. I'm sure they're looking dialed in this year. I just have Moorhead, a gut feeling. Moorhead's just like uh, cooler White Bear Lake. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
All right. I'm going to say Jefferson. They looked sweet last week, but when we throw out our blacks against Moundsview, that's going to be the answer. Can you get us a picture of that? When yeah, you, yeah, of course. We'll send you, it to you. Yeah, when you guys are like lining up for the anthem or something, because um, I definitely want to see them. You have chrome silver or is it like gunmetal helmets? It's like gunmetal. I don't know. They kind of look like the color of the sky every time. So yeah, it's cool. On the on the feed, the guy was like, why are they wearing blue helmets? Yeah. Um, so you like Jefferson's Grace? I don't know. Whatever was on Lax Hub, that picture, they looked sweet. Yeah, it's their new like uh, Carolina baby blue whatever okay they have grays away and they have new like carolina blue homes okay yeah they those are pretty cool i i told you guys that i was going to bring as much content as i could for you so the last thing i wanted to say was i i'm going to let you guys since you're doing the best work in the whole state right now building lacrosse spreading the message you know putting everything out there guys and girls like you guys are killing it uh i'm going to let you guys pick right now who we are going to challenge to play next year, like who would be a good matchup for us. And we'll get it on the record right now. Bulletin board material. We'll call somebody up. Like for Irondale to play? Who should Irondale challenge right now? The Lakers. You guys should play Prior Lake. All right. Prior Lake. We're coming for you. It's like a pro wrestling thing here. We're going to take down Prior Lake. We will travel down there and we will shock the world beaten prior lake next year no don't wait till next year we're gonna see you in june what are you talking about <laughs> we'll play you in june uh yeah hopefully to, for the title yeah well yeah we're, we're gonna see you in june let's go i'm not waiting till next year to play you guys you guys are you guys are the next wagon yeah prior prior lake would be uh i mean that's a great one benilde's a great one um i would love to see an irondale egan game We've been trying. We've been trying to get Egan for a long time. I'd I'd pay to see that because I think that would be the brand of lacrosse that the people need. Um, we need to have the the three man crew, the three most liberal refs, not like politically liberal, but like <laughs> like but like let the boys play type refs um, to let that game go because I think it would be. Very physical, very energetic, but also sneaky good skill across the board too. So, um, that that Egan would be a cool one, but Prior Prior Lake would be a, a test for sure. Yeah, I say shoot for the top. Go for Prior Lake or Benilla. You know, if you're gonna make bulletin board material, why not? You know, make as much noise as you can when you get the win. So, you yeah. know, not not to, to just too. not to discount my my pick, my original pick of Prior Lake, but Benilla just based on mascots might be a better pick. Yeah. yeah, Knights Knights versus Red Knights. Yeah, like who's the better knight? And I've already been saying on social that <laughs> the, the non-Red Knights are better. So it it actually might make more sense. You guys play Benilde, and I'll be in the booth. Let's get Ted in the booth, JP on the sideline doing film and everything, and we'll do the full media crew, Knights versus Red Knights. Okay, we'll make it happen. And thank that. you for the for the nice words. That, that means a lot. We uh we love hearing some some affirmation on the work we're doing because we love doing it, and it's cool to know that people appreciate it and are seeing it. So thank yeah, you for that. Coming that, from that's somebody super on cool. the north, coming from somebody on the north <laughs> yeah. side. Usually everybody's like, "All you care about is Prior Lake and Benilde." I'm like, "Well, what's the championship game been for the last eighteen years? <laughs> like, show up, make some noise." And what happened? You went and made some noise. You you. You caught our eye because you beat a team that we all had in the top five, and now you're on the podcast. So 
earn it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. So one, I want to give you one final shout out for your podcast, and then we'll get to our final uh, final question. Is your Twitter at Nordy's Podcast? Yeah, it is. Okay, so you're getting a follow. I'm going to do a deeper dive on your podcast. I'll definitely be checking you guys out. Um, so down the alley now follows you. And uh, again, so what, what, what type of stuff do you guys talk about? Um, we do two podcasts every single week. We do uh, one on like pro and college sports, you know, mostly local stuff, Vikings, Twins, T-Wolves, Wild, etc. And then we usually do another episode on like television shows and movies and things people should be watching and things like that. So just stuff that we're interested in. We've been doing it for a long time. We try to get cool guests on there and uh, I don't know, it's just been, been uh, a real hobby of mine over the last couple of years. I love that. Are you, are you a wild guy? Big wild guy? Love the, love the wild. So are we, are you on the trade Dumba re-sign Fiala long-term wagon or Absolutely not? I am. Okay. I'm, I'm full on the spend everything we have on the offense and load up on a bunch of veteran and young defensemen. And you know, that's where the league's going anyways. Couple, you know, one top pair and the rest of it will work itself out. Love it. Let's get a first rounder for Dumba, re-sign Fiala, <laughs> and hopefully we have a good goalie who can stop a couple extra shots. I'm with you. Awesome. Awesome. So our last question we like to ask guests are, what's your alley? Um, you can, it can be a lacrosse thing, a non-lacrosse thing, something you're interested in this week, this month, maybe, you know, a, a, a lifelong thing you're trying to achieve. Um, you can kind of take it any direction you want. Um, so yeah, what's your alley? My alley is for sure getting kids involved in whatever extracurriculars. Um, super passionate about it at my school, Irondale. Um, we are a school where, you know, a lot of kids don't have opportunities or don't have the money to do things. And so whatever our district can do and whatever I can do um, to get kids involved and to try to build that community and give them as many opportunities, it doesn't have to be in lacrosse. It could be in any sport or activity possible. I spend a lot of my time um, trying to build that community at our school. And uh, it's something I'm super passionate about and will be for forever. Kind of hope one day to be an activities director myself. So um, trying to do some of that work now, if I can. That's awesome. That's awesome. Coach, thanks for coming down the alley with us. Um, thanks for listening. Um, and, uh, good luck the rest of the season. We are definitely on your side. We, uh, you guys are the better nights and, uh, <laughs> you guys are going to be the next down the alley wagon. I, I can feel it. I can feel it. I love it. Hopefully, hopefully we get to a place where you guys consider the road trip to Moorhead. So, We'll talk. We'll talk whenever. All right. All right. All right. Love it. Thanks for coming down. Uh, we'll Thanks, talk coach. soon. Thanks coach for coming down the alley. That was the head coach of the Irondale Knights. He doesn't think they're top eight. I think they might be. They're definitely going to be a wagon. Uh, I, I need one or two more wins. Um, I, the Woodbury one might just do it. If they beat Woodbury this week, are they a wagon? Well, so here's what I was going to say. Last year, we were all talking about the, the down the alley curse if we all pick a team to win. Are we going to start cursing teams if we start pumping their tires and the, the kids are watching it and all of a sudden, oh, they're a top eight team? Have they, have they made it? You know, I'm a, I'm a little worried about Buffalo because I got a lot of guys. I got a lot of new followers from Buffalo this week on the Instagram. I am, so they're okay. paying attention. 
Okay, one, I am not worried about Buffalo because right. did you see the score against Wyzetta? And did. and they're all all the scores in general, but their most recent they love to score goals. They love to score goals. So I'm not <laughs> worried about Buffalo because they like to score goals, and that's how you win games. Listen, I, I hope the the down the alley curse. I don't know who is praying to who doing curse. what kind of voodoo. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't want to start cursing these coaches because we've got some attention now. You know, guys are looking at the rankings. Uh, I'm just saying, just saying. I, I, I think we beat the curse last year, if I'm not wrong. That's true. I think you're right. Um, So I, I'm not worried about the curse coming back because we, we already beat the curse. And Buffalo has beat everyone they played. So I'm not worried about the curse. Fair enough. Yeah, that was a that was a good interview. Seems like a great guy. Obviously passionate about um, you know, what he's doing there and building his program. And you know, I think I think at the end of the day, like yeah, like X's and O's are important and you got to know what you're doing and he's hired, you know, a self-proclaimed top staff in the state and it sounds like he's put good people in his program. Uh, but you know, it's that leadership and someone that, that cares that what wants to be there. Um, that seems like fired up to, to be, you know, there and, and building. And, you know, I, that's the sense I got. And it's no surprise that, you know, over the last few years, they've, they've slowly built it into, um, you know, a program that can go out and, and give anybody a game, you know, they're not going to beat everybody necessarily, but, um, they, they've proven now that, now they can they can go into top five teams and and win. So um, yeah, we're rooting for them for sure. Um, you know, I think I think they yeah we don't want them to to lose that that hunger, right? We don't want to you know be too premature and put them in the top eight, but a big Woodbury win, um, you know, could definitely gets them on the radar for sure. Speaking know, of Woodbury, they're on the radar. They're on the radar. I think Woodbury, if they beat Stillwater, White Bear, and Woodbury. Let's go. Like, let's go. Speaking of Woodbury, though, should we dive into last week's games? Do a little quick recap of the action from week one or week yeah, two? Yeah, who's got last week's games? Let's start rolling. Well, so I think it was Monday night, Woodbury against my my cadets. They beat him in overtime, but I don't know who was watching. Woodbury was up 7-2. to two, I was watching. The, the cadets came roaring back in the third quarter, got it close. It went to like a, a goal for goal battle towards the end and Woodbury ended up sneaking it out. So I knew nothing about Woodbury before this year. I don't think we played them last year. Um, I was actually talking to a good buddy of mine, Sam Turner. I have, I've lived in Minnesota for seven years. I have no clue where any town is. So when coach was telling us where Irondale was, that was very helpful. Um, but couldn't really tell you where exactly Woodbury is on a map, but they look good. They look like a team that, can make some noise. They, they look like a team that can kind of, I don't know if they're the most talented team, but they can be feisty and get, you know, kind of under another team's skin. Um, so it's going to be a good matchup for Irondale to speak with them. And I think if Irondale does pull out that W, I think we've all said it, but that's going to be some, some noise for Irondale to make off of that. So with SDA losing to Woodbury, is there any rumblings? Well, I mean, they've only played one game. They've got Blake tomorrow. It's a big private school matchup. I think there is some 
ties for the new coaching staff to Blake, if I'm if I'm correct on that. Yeah. So, so think- okay. So speaking of new coaching staffs, when Blake wins, will there be a new new coaching staff at STA? <laughs> I can't speak on that. I can't speak on that. But I think- yeah, I guess I didn't even uh, think about that. So yeah, obviously Frank was there when I was there back in um, you know 2013, 14, 15 timeframe, and then Hank was actually the coach of Blake when I was in high school. So he was like started the program or was one of the first coaches there. So um, I don't know if he started it or, or was maybe the second coach, but um, both coaches, former Blake coaches now on the away sideline. Uh, I think it's at Blake. So yep. um, that that's an interesting storyline. If you This is a me. very, as far as coaching staffs go, I'm getting the feeling of a very old school versus new school like gameplay going to like kind of come yeah. to the field. Yeah, definitely one to watch because we've got some ties to the Blake coaching staff with uh, Midbow and Gold. So tomorrow night, seven o'clock, if you're not doing anything, watch the stream because I think you're going to see a pretty good and um, passionate matchup between Blake and STA. So JP, I assume you have STA. Yeah, I'm going Blake. Ted, who do you got? Oh, man, that that's tough. I think both teams have talent in in key positions i i i really haven't seen blake play to be honest with you in a while um that's a tough one i i'm gonna take sta i think but i think it's gonna be one goal game jp start writing this down so you can make one of your cute graphics with our picks so, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, start start keeping track. What yeah. other any other Monday games, Ted? Of note? Um, nope, doesn't look like. Um, well, uh, I nope, I shouldn't say that. Anoka seven, Centennial six. So, a Centennial has been definitely a team of like a hot topic team. Um, and Anoka. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Has yeah. been like really relevant in since maybe 2017 maybe i think they made the state tournament or 2016 they had one year they were really good and they they went to state but um you know a seven six win rumor is centennial's got a couple of their top guys on the shelf right now so i don't know if that was a factor i know coach beach wouldn't make excuses and never probably tell us that but um nonetheless a big win for anoka to to take down a team that's been in the top 10 the last, you know, however many years. So that was a big kind of eye opener upset. No, yeah, I would agree. Uh, I got nothing to really add on that. I was very surprised by that upset. Uh, one of the better, you know, again, if we're kind of taking things in the interesting direction, if we talk about best mascots in high school across, or high school sports, the Anoka Tornadoes is kind of sick. That, that's a unique one. It's not just a wildcat or, a, you know, a bird or whatever. It's 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 the tornadoes. I'm into it. I'm into it. I, I, they, I, they better have like some cool school swag. Yeah. Or like sweet decals on their helmets. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on to Tuesday. I think Tuesday had a handful of games here. Um, Lakeville North 8-7 over Rosemount. Probably ex- maybe. That was probably expected a one goal game either way. You know, yep, good, yep. good South suburban battle. Um, Do you want Buffalo, to talk about it? Go ahead. You go. <laughs> well, I'll try to remain 
unbiased and fair to Ted on this one, but I think I saw what could have been a, a top contender, at least for game of the year, Tuesday night with the Valley playing Farmington. Farmington came out to an early 7-2 lead at the half, and then the Valley just came roaring back. I don't know if they – it was – I think they, they didn't tie it until it was at 11, but they brought it to within a 1-2 to two goal game at about 8-9-ish, to nine-ish, kind of was, later. It, it was 7-7, seven, seven, and was then it? it became 9-7, then 9-9, then 11-9, then 11-11, and they, they scored with four seconds left. Yeah, you know um, – I'm not going to shy away from it. I mean, it was a, it was a tough loss. Like, you know, it was just one of those situations where the, probably the best player, one of the best players on the field just decided, um, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to just put the team on my back and, um, you know, just do everything I can to, to just take over this game. And, And he did it. Um, you know, he, he, Sam art, he's a great player. Um, and I think, Honestly, I think just him just kind of going and going rogue almost and just making plays almost freaked us all out because it was like, I can't believe he would take that shot in that situation. And he did, and he hits it. And, um, you know, but I think the Eastview Apple Valley thing, you know, they're a good team. Um, You know, they got pretty much their entire defense back, Eastview did. And then they pulled in, obviously, Apple Valley. So you're going to, grab a, a you know a really great attackman a couple um decent offensive players as well um so they'll be um i think they'll be tough all year uh but i do agree with you jp it was one of the most fun environments uh for a game that i've been a part of like it just there was a lot of there was a lot of talk there was a lot of pre-game like during the week stuff being sent because all these guys know each other right they all play club together and like pretty close in you know, conference opponents. And there was just a lot of crap going on, a lot of noise. Um, and, and like both teams really got to slug it out on the field. And um, obviously we didn't, you know, end up in the, the win column, but I think as a team, you want to experience those things early. Um, and hopefully that prepares us for um, games like that later down the road. And full highlights from that game are posted on the down the alley Instagram. If you want to go check those out, we got full game recap, um, just about every single goal scored in that. So go check it out. Give it a like if you're you're into it. Uh, Buffalo beat Orno 16 to seven. I don't think that's a surprise, but I believe if we look back at the podcast from last week, I set the line at eight and a half and PMAC took the over. So he covered. Let's go. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, interesting. Uh, but yeah, they certainly are having no problem scoring goals this year. Uh, Eden Prairie and Creighton seven to five. Eden Prairie wins. That's a close one. Um, Matamidi five one win over Wyzetta. Yeah, that's Not a sure. weird one. That's a real weird one. I I don't think Wyzetta's offense has woken up yet. If you look at their scores, um, so yeah, and we're then, just gonna uh, leave that one at Jefferson, that. Jefferson 5-4 over Edina. Pretty typical triple overtime Edina game. That's super low. Triple overtime. So triple OT. Um, a lot of interesting games on Tuesday. Um, and Katie, feel free to chime in with girls games. If you're looking at it, I'm just on the boys schedule right now. Um, Wednesday Centennial bounces back 10, seven over Elk river. The Irondale versus Stillwater was the game of the day. The upset seven, six 
Um, and then Wiper Lake beats Woodbury 14 to 10. So we're thinking, oh, PMAC kind of brought that up on the last podcast. Are is Wiper Lake for real? And then obviously we'll get to it. But um I so think that that's, can can yeah. we solidify Woodbury not a top eight down the alley top eight with that loss? Yeah, not a top eight team. Top yeah, eight. everything I said um as a recap from the STA game just got proven wrong by <laughs> Wednesday's well, I, recap. You know, so. Think, so you know, with Woodbury, I think you're right. I think they have some nice players with Connor Hooley, they're kind of their alpha attackman. You got a guy that you can at any point get the ball to, and he can win his matchup against any d- defender pretty much in the state uh, because of his athletic ability and his change of direction. You have a chance, um, you know, teams will game plan and hopefully, you know, they're well in their case, try to shut him down. But when you have a guy like that, you know, you're always in the, in the conversation to potentially win a game, uh, but definitely not a top eight team at this point based on body of work. Um, Thursday, uh, Anka, STMA one goal game. Yeah, that's probably the game. The most interesting game, um, I guess more so for maybe St. Uh, St. Michael, um, you know, playing to an over base. It was overtime. Okay. Overtime game to Minnetonka. So that, that puts them on the radar at least. Um, yeah. Um, quick shout out from that game. Um, I don't know who's doing Minnetonka's media these days. But they got a great clip of the game-winning goal. Um, LSM stripped the midi at the midline, dished out the game-winning assist. Um, go check out Minnetonka's Instagram. They're crushing it right now. Um, so they're doing a really good job. And that's a, that's a big win, you know, just for – I think Minnetonka is all kind of on our radar. They're in that top – they're in the top eight for most of us, if not all of us. So to be able to pull out a game like that, um, that's, that's, that's key. Um, Rogers 11, eight over Duluth midweek so, game up in Duluth. Uh, yeah. Love that big win for them. I mean, Duluth was a, a very good team last year. I don't know how they are this year, but, um, I mean, Rogers, that that's a, that's a solid win for them, you know, taking that next step. Um, uh, and then I think for me, prior Lake Lakeville North, I obviously expected prior Lake to win this game. Um, but by seven, I watched the game. Uh, I was very impressed with how organized and like dialed in prior Lake looked. I don't know if it was, they hadn't played a game yet. So they got 10 practices in, or if it's six guys returning on offense, um, kind of have that chemistry, but was extremely impressed, not surprised, but impressed with how they looked against a North team. That is, you know, usually a pretty solid team. So um, PMAC may have more to add about that. He'll probably try to bring them down a little bit. Um, not too high, not too low, but, uh, was impressed with how they looked. Yeah. North North did a lot of good things. They made it hard on us. Uh, uh one of our guys was doing the face-offs for North, one of our 36 kids get a very good day. Um, <clears throat> so it made it hard on us. We had to battle through that. Um, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good day. Good day for the Lakers. Uh, Friday, I'm clicking on it here. I think for me, the Irondale 10, four over white bear, who we were kind of like, Oh, they just beat Woodbury. This is going to be a good team. You know, that's a pretty one-sided win for Irondale. So that solidified them 
uh, in the conversation. Nothing really else for me that was surprising on Friday. Anoka with another win. Like yeah, I know, I think they're three and zero now. Yeah, they're three and zero. So they they're, you know, section seven. I think they're still in section seven. So that could be an open door for them. So Anoka is four and zero. They beat Hermantown, Centennial, Totino Grace, and Spring Lake Park. Yeah, there you go. Um, Saturday. Um, let's see. P-Mac, you were at a game on Saturday. The Valley, um, I just lost it. Yeah, Valley Jeff- was playing Jefferson, correct? How? Give us a recap of that game. How'd that look? Yeah, so what did that, what was the final? I think it was a one-goal game. Um, 6-5, the Valley. 6-5, Valley. Um, again, I think probably similar suspects, as you would imagine, for Eastview aren't... Uh, uh, especially late had a couple of kind of ridiculous goals um, picking a couple of corners. Uh, I think he's, he's the real deal. He's going to continue to make noise, kind of do what he wants. Bloomington. Um, they were having trouble kind of getting like any momentum offensively, um, which I was, which I was surprised by. Um, I would, I would say they're two opposite teams. Um, the Valley seems like, you know, they have a couple of just gamers, right. And just out of nowhere, something happens. You're like, Holy crap. That was cool. You know, Bloomington, they have four or five, six guys on the field offensively. You would think that can kind of do things, you know, it's going to be more of a team game and it just didn't seem like things were flowing for them yet. Um, So, you know, maybe they're still working through some, you know, early season kinks, getting the chemistry in. Um, I expect more from them uh, personally. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't the prettiest game. I'm not going to lie. I think in the Discord, uh, people were saying two very skilled teams. I'm, I, 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 I don't know if I saw that. I, I don't know if I saw two very skilled teams going at it. Uh, it was a very gross game. Refs, um, again, I'm a pro ref guy. We, we have refs on all of the time, but there were a ton of flags, a ton of flags. And, um, I don't know. I don't know if you, I, I we, probably like we've only had one game. I've scouted a couple more. Has there been a lot of flags in your games? So I t- was talking about my potential rant that I was maybe going to talk about. Okay. Um, I didn't know what that was. So I'm not, not to just no, blow the lid off. No, lid off the casket I'm not, not going to rant because I I'm a, again, um, you know, officials have a tough job and without them, we don't play. So, um, it, it is what it is, but I felt at least in the three Farmington games that we've played, there has been a lot more called. There's been a lot more flags in general, not yeah. saying like, oh, we're getting screwed by the refs or anything. Right. Like I, and I'm not saying that either. I'm not like, oh, Jefferson was getting all the flags. Yeah, Eastview was like, getting all the flags. It was just like, there was a lot of flags and it just I, was choppy, a choppy yeah, game. I feel like maybe there was some talk in the off season, maybe some emphasis on just. Um, I, like on physicality, um, I didn't feel like any of the three games that Farmington played in were overly physical or like cheap or chippy or aggressive. And yet there's been a, like, there's been a lot of flags called, um, you know, we had five man up goals against Eastview. Um, so, and, and they had three. 
So like that, that's a lot of penalties in the game. And then against Egan, they had four man up goals against us. And I, I think we had, we only had one, so we struggled there, but that's still a lot of, there's a lot of special teams going on. And I don't know if it's just maybe like, Hey, let's start strict. So things don't get out of hand. And then like sure. let them ease into like, cause you don't want kids getting hurt and stuff like that. Or, you know, teams coming in with a game plan of like, let's just injure them, you know, so we can, you know, stick with these better teams. But it does feel like there's been a lot more penalties called uh, on things that haven't been called in the past. But um, and that was just in in that one game that I watched in our prior like North game. There wasn't really there were flags called, but it didn't seem like there was a lot. Um, It was just something I noticed in the Jefferson Eastview game that it seemed like there's a lot of penalties. So yeah. that was in that game. The prior light game, there was not a lot. So okay, so it could maybe just be, you know, different crews are seeing totally things yeah. and calling things differently. But um, that, that it's not really a rant. It was just an observation, I guess, of like a lot more flags in general have been thrown this year, um, in my opinion. But here's here's what I'll say to kind of cap off my rant from earlier, too. If you think as a parent that the ref got a call wrong or missed a call or whatever, the odds that you know what the correct call should have been or would not have been are so much lower than that ref. All right. So again, just let them do their jobs. All right. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to maybe seem a little biased sometimes, but I tell you what, not a single ref is getting the, the paycheck like pocket of any school out there. They're all just doing their jobs. Just let them be for sure. For sure. Um, Minnetonka Lakeville North on Saturday, 10, nine Minnetonka come from behind win. Um, some sources said it was six, six at halftime. Um, and that's a, you know, again, a couple teams that were preseason in the mix, maybe still in the mix close game. Um, for me right now, um, you know, North with a few losses, you know, they're not going to be in the top eight for me, but Tonka, they're not sexy wins, but they're finding a way to win. Yep. Yeah. Sure. I would agree. They're gritty wins. They're I gritty like wins. It. Wins a win. Three, three and oh this week, I think it was. Um, again, shout out the Minnetonka media guy. Got a sweet highlight of uh somebody running through a defender's face, then scoring a behind the back goal. Some uh sources were saying that was kind of the turning point in this game. Um, but you know, an ugly win is still a win. I think the bigger outcome from this game is, is it time to start setting off the, uh, the alarms in Lakeville or, or was this week kind of a concern? Is it something that you got to be worried about going into the, you know, middle portion of the season? I feel I, like I this is the story, this is the, this, this is the Lakeville North story since I was coaching back at Blake, even in 2013, it's like, it they play they schedule very well they play all the top teams they can they're going to be 9 and 7 or or sorry uh 7 and 6 and 6 7 and um 5 you know going into sections they're not going to look that great everybody's going to count them out and then coach roach will um or coach right back in the day will come up with a game plan they're going to have a chip on their shoulder and all of a sudden um, they, that's just the way I feel like this is the same story as last year, even 
and they're young. All their players are juniors and sophomores and skilled. Uh, they're just still working through some things. I think they're going to look a lot differently in five weeks come sections than they do right now. So if you're, I wouldn't start panicking. I just trust the process and it's going to, they're going to be, they're going to be a hard, they're going to be a hard win come section time. I would agree with that. And Uh, Buffalo putting up over 20 goals on Saturday. They love scoring goals. uh, And then I think Chanhassen 12-4 over Edina to cap it off. Um, I guess maybe not a surprise, but. Um, you know, Chan lost to Edina last year. So, um, you know, good win for Chan to, to, I think the Waconia game at the beginning, at the beginning of the week, didn't really, wasn't really going to tell us much, um, but a pretty decisive win against Edina. So, um, you know, we'll see as they play more. So that kind of rounds the, out the board. Yeah. Katie, how about the girls? Yeah. I think the biggest thing Monday was like everything was expected Tuesday. So I think the biggest piece of clarity we wanted was half of Lake South, half with Benilde. So Benilde ended up beating Eden Prairie 12 to 11. So a one goal game. I don't, I don't know if that went into overtime or not. Um, but I was like, okay, still both very, you know, close game. Who really knows who kind of dominated the field? Um, I couldn't watch it. Um, I don't remember. I should have written down what my picks were, like my games to watch for the week. Um, because now I can't remember what I said. Wednesday, again, kind of everything was nothing really like jumped out of the page. There's some obviously like those really high scoring games to a team that doesn't score a lot, um, which are kind of just, you see those scores and you kind of feel for both teams. Cause we've, we've all been in those positions where you can't just like stop scoring where it gets so blatant. Um, but jump to Thursday, the Lakeville South Rosemount game was a 10 to eight uh, win for Lakeville South. And then remember they, they turned around and played Benilde on Friday and the yeah. score is not posted in Lax Hub, but I'm pretty sure it was like, 11 to eight Lakeville South. Yep. Yep. So it was like exactly the same. <laughs> it was like, I think, I think a bunch of us were, were hoping that there might've been a bigger margin in that um, to maybe just see like where, where the three of them lie. And they're all still very just neck and neck with all that. So um, we have, we we've, we've got no clarity on the girl's side. Is that what you're telling me? I, that's pretty much it. And then Saturday there was some like, you know, um, I see the Duluth Grand Rapids game was canceled because it probably was like snowing. <laughs> I mean, the Duluth and all these like Northern teams, like they had snow last week. So curious if anyone listens, who's up there, like, were they playing in a blizzard last week? Cause there was some on Thursday too. And I'm pretty sure that was like, they had snow. Let's talk um, Saturday quick. Um, the prior Lake Edina game, I have never been to a girls lacrosse game in the state of Minnesota prior to that. I don't think. I don't I don't know why it would have been. I haven't watched a girls lacrosse game since probably 2011, at least in person, um, back when my sister was playing. So, first of all, the patch 
is absolutely electric. I was very close to saying that that was going to be my favorite stadium. I've only been there for one game, all right? So I don't want to, you know, pump them up too much. But the home crowd absolutely loves the Prior Lake Girls program, which I think is phenomenal. They have good reason to, you know, they're pretty decent from what I've heard. But the game itself was great. I mean, the announcers were getting into it. The, the parents on both sides were getting into it. The girls were, you know, going up and down the field. It was a competitive game. Although the score might not have showed it, I think it was, you know, a good indication that Prior Lake is exactly where they need to be right now, um, kind of early in the season. And I think it shows that Adina is a pretty decent team that might give Prior Lake and any other team in the state a really good run for their money on a different day because there are some times where Adina would go on a little bit of a run, but, you know, Prior Lake's just who they are and they're able to respond to that well. But, I, I mean, I think Adina ended up scoring, like, I don't, I'm just going to pull a number out of nowhere, but, like, five or six of the last couple goals just because they didn't give up. So it was a good game to watch, and it's cool to see, um, the you know, the home crowd for Prior Lake really supporting the team. Um. Katie, did you bring up Benil in Prairie score? Yeah. 12-11. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Um, I know. So it just, again, there's nothing that's really jumping off the page. Yeah. Especially when they were their games to watch, especially if they were our top teams. Nothing is like jumping out, raising eyebrows to like help anybody <laughs> i hate to say that but like and i know scores are just scores but it's like man like they're just they're just like that this week there was just nothing to go off of it kind of seems like on the girl correct me if i'm wrong on the girls side everyone's beating the people who they should and on the yep. boys side anything could happen you got irondale beating stillwater who's supposed to like contend for state this year yeah, that's very true. Like, it just seems everything is very much like, yep, I, that's probably who probably should have won. You know, and if it was like a blowout, it was a blowout, or if it was a close game, you know, hopefully it was a good game. But like, it definitely feels, it feels like that on paper when you're looking at scores and like, again, published scores, we weren't at the game, we didn't watch the streams. It seems like, yep, they should won by a lot. They should have won by a little. And then these games that were close, it's just even more frustrating now because it's like, okay, that gives me really nothing to go off of. But and I'm looking at these scores. Thing. I'm looking at these scores. There's barely there's barely any that are close. Yeah. There's yeah, like one game yeah. a day, like on Saturday, yeah. Mound West Tonka versus Mankato is the uh, Moorhead and Hopkins. Those are the only two really close games. Yep. Moorhead played Hopkins. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for coming down. Yeah. Wagon. Um, yeah, another, but, yeah, like not to just like kind of like overshadow the girls. I know, like, I'm trying I know. To cover the girls here, but it's like, when but like you, that's a really like, good way to say it is like there's just everything that kind of you expected is kind of what happened. And then those really close games, the Benil EP, the Benil Lakeville South, and the Rosemount Lakeville South, it's kind of like, yeah, that it was not, it could have been anybody's game then. So yeah. it really didn't give much of um, much help, but. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we won't get too excited about things. Well, I like getting excited about things. Let's move. I, will, let, I do too. Yeah. So, hey, let's look next week. Let's go on to next week's games. Maybe we'll have more to talk to on the girls' side. Um, let's go to Monday. I girls, got my 
got my notes here for the boys. So whenever you're ready, if you want to start with girls, we can let's do that. start with girls. Cause I, I, I feel like we've, we're kind of overshadowing the girls a little bit. I want to talk more girls. Let's go to Monday. We'll go girls, boys on each day. So we'll go day by day. Let's go to the girls on Monday. First, Katie, anything popping out on off the page? Um, first time I'm looking at it here. Yep, this is this is uh, we're live. We are first, live on edited. Um, well, that Andover Centennial probably will be maybe like a battle of the North. Well, and Andover um, girls, they're kind of maybe in the discussion of top eight. Yeah, I think and Andover Centen- is. Yeah, Andover and then Centennial. Yeah. You know Centennial, who knows, right? right? So, um, so there was some Twitterverse news. Hit me. Um, I. A Mrs. Pmax source has surfaced on Twitter. Okay, do you what do you know about this? So on Thursday or Wednesday, Wednesday, um, I got a a FaceTime from a player, a thirty six player. Okay, and there was particularly, uh, yeah, I don't remember what day it was. At this particular school, there was no school that day because of ACT stuff. So I got a FaceTime and I thought it was kind of weird because it was the middle of the day. And, you know, six faces come into the FaceTime (laughs) and there's a lot of giggling. And so I'm like, what's going on? And I'm literally sitting at my computer. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm working. And they're like, you have to go on Twitter. You have to go on Twitter. And I was like, what, what, like, what did you post about me? And I don't. I don't really use Twitter. I don't really do much else besides Instagram. And so I was like, okay. And they showed me or directed me to a Mrs. PMAG source. And so I kind of was like, okay. Uh, Then they're like giggling, giggling, giggling. And so that's the extent I knew about it. Since then, they have reached out to me as they showed themselves and were like, it's me. So this you is know who do. the source is. So now I know that day okay. I did not though. Okay. The okay. day I was, I was led to it okay. by other people. Got and it. so, but since well, then I have been, they have reached out to me. I, I will <laughs> say they do seem to be very knowledgeable of what's going on. So would you say this source is a respectable source for? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Very much so. And they and seem into it. Like, and they're trying to like, they like ran things by me to be like, ha ha, like kind of like now, you know, cause like I did follow it, like the account and stuff. And they're like, now, you know, like I want to like not make sure I'm like overstepping and blah 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 like stuff like that but i don't buy i don't buy any of it it's your account no it's your account this is all way too convenient this is all way too do we support mrs pmac source yeah so like i don't even tweet that i was given the tweets that they said because like i did then say like we usually podcast on sundays and then today we didn't have this on our calendar and they sent me what they were going to tweet. Yeah. They, they blew up on Twitter. So yeah. So anyways, 
I very much in line. Like, obviously, like, there's nothing that's very, like, I wouldn't go that far, but, like, back to the games anyways. So I was very much in line, and I was just reading over this, too, that they also commented on the Andover and Centennial one. And then they also like the Elk River. Elk River Maple Grove. Maple Grove. I was going to mention that one. I think so that those two, those two games, a lot of – um at least last year, I know Andover, Elk River, Maple Grove. I don't know much about Centennial, so I apologize if they were really good. But those other three were very solid North Metro teams last year. So uh, two interesting games that popped out to me being kind of novice in the girls game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fair to say on Monday. On Tuesday. No, we're going day by day. So on I know the that was bo- Monday. Yep. So Monday, who are on the boys side? Oh, sorry. Well, we got Blake SGA already, um, so don't need to touch on that again. Um, Interested to see. That was it for me, but yeah, yeah. go ahead. Interested to see just kind of because I think it'll be Egan Lakeville South. Egan should win that game handedly, I think. They're going to win by a lot. So that's the only one where I'm like, okay, could be an interesting result, but um, should be taken care of, you know, without any issues but who knows so keep an eye on that one for potential upset but you know i'm not thinking there's going to be any upset but that's it that's all monday is kind of a sleeper of a day okay let's go to tuesday katie big day chan plays lakeville south who do you got lakeville south i don't think chan has an Oh, they did have a game. They played Waconia. I was like, if they even had a game, they have to have had a game. Uh, Lakeville South. Shout I have Waconia. a weird feeling. I have a weird. I have a weird feeling. I have a weird, weird feeling. Again, it'll take- be telling, but nothing has been telling so far. So I would love it if there was like. I'm gonna take that. Chan. I'm okay. gonna take Chan. I've heard enough about just just enough. It hasn't been a lot. I've heard just enough. I think I'm going Chan. I think. Lakeville's getting comfortable. I think they're just kind of sitting back. They're waiting for June. It's not June yet, Lakeville. Chan's winning on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, also, Edina EP, which will be a good game. And E-P-O-N. Then, E-P-O-N. I think so, too. And then Blake and Benilde. Battle of the private schools. Yeah, I hope they. And again, I think Benilde will win. I hope they tie. I hope they tie. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, I think Benilde will win, but again, I hope. So I hope some of those those out of those three, I hope there's a big, at least one of them has like some sort of five seven five to seven goal margin. So you want a blowout? I want something to swing one way or another. So I think I think to make it interesting, I think a Chan a Chan win would be interesting. I think an Adina win would be interesting. Would be really interesting because EP beat BSM, right? No, or was it the other way around? Well, uh, BSM beat EP by one. Held one. Ooh, and a and a Blake win would be would make things interesting too. Yeah, it would be make really 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 interesting because Blake's in our top. 10-2. Yeah. Benilde had a close game with South, too. So, right. Uh, There's a lot of parity. Like, Blake, 
beating or staying close with Benilde adds them to the mix. Yes. Yes. Benilde yes. Has shown they run with everybody. Yep. Okay. Right. Okay. I like it. I like it on the boys side for Tuesday. What do we got, Todd? Uh, we got Lakeville North and Shakopee. Shakopee's been hot, uh, looking good, at least from what I've seen a little bit. North playing a lot of games early here. Jeez. Yeah, uh, uh, like maybe, I don't, they, you know, if they're, I don't know how they're going to recover. Their bodies are going to be just destroyed after this. But, um, you know, again, another South Suburban, a strong South Suburban conference this year. Um, and, uh, you know, two teams that are very familiar with each other. I do think shock will win that game, but it Lakeville North has just been on the door with everybody. So, um, that's a big one prior Lake versus the Valley. Um, I think this, this will be an interesting game because I think prior Lake's going to be a different animal than what the Valley has seen thus far. Like, yes, they have talent. They got some gamers, but prior Lake is a very well-organized, well-coached, disciplined team. Um, and so I'll be interested to see how that game goes. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm obviously going to be interested to see how it goes. Yeah, too. yeah, no, I think. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. You know, I think this aren't kids going to come out. He's going to he's going to try to punch us in the face. Not literally, hopefully, but, you know, he's going to you know, he's going to come out hot. He's going to come out swinging. Um, I, he's a different player than what we've seen so far. Uh, we haven't seen a lot. We've only played one scrimmage in one game. So um, I'm excited to kind of see how the boys react uh, to a couple of their players. Yeah. Um, I, well, I'm actually, for me, um, you know, I, I have to, I have to give some respect to the Eastview defense. I think they got some very good polls. Um one of the better, just like individual polls. I, I can't really comment on their team defense, really. Um, that's not my strong suit, but um, like individual matchups, I think they are very good. But Prior Lake, when I watch them play, is classic Prior Lake of you don't know which guy it's going to be today. Like every guy is, is willing and able to share the ball, to shoot the ball, to go to the right spot. It's a very unselfish, um, organized offense. So I'm curious to see how a very aggressive, individually talented defense does against a very unselfish, organized offense. I think that's a storyline for me. I got um, Simley and Hastings on my radar for for Tuesday. Um, Hastings' Instagram account actually um, DM'd us, told us that the goalie we were talking about last week, Jackson Sweeney, um, so shout out Jackson Sweeney. Um, oh, sorry. Also for Hastings for Hastings. Yep. Okay. That was the kid I saw. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yep. he was good. What did they say? Uh, he just, you know, told us the name, made sure we gave him a shout out. So nice. they're, they're listeners of the podcast. So I want to make sure Jackson gets his, his due credit. Love it. Um, but I also think just knowing Simley and, and Hastings. Well, I think that's going to be kind of a gritty uh, matchup should be a pretty close game. Um, so a, a fun kind of under the radar matchup for Tuesday night, for sure. I've got another under the radar matchup uh, for Tuesday. Southwest Christian. I know they're 0 3, but their first loss was against Blake, who's you know a pretty probably legit team. And then two one goal losses. And then Kennedy, they're one and one. Their losses against Benilde. So again, a couple under the radar teams. 
we work, we did some work with Kennedy. Uh, we have a couple players from Southwest Christian in our club. So um, interested to see how this one shakes out. On to Wednesday. Anything for the girls, Katie? Um, the only thing that's popping out is Minnetonka Hopkins. You know, maybe a good little battle right there because they're neighboring towns. Usually, I feel like they're kind of a rival. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, but, nothing probably. I'm sure Minnetonka is going to win. But, like, I'm sure they always kind of, like, love playing each other. Yeah, Tonka, you know, probably coming out comfortable. But Hopkins, you know, probably hates Minnetonka. So, yeah. you know, that could be a little Super Bowl game for them, maybe. Back in my day, Hopkins was really good. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. They had a really, like, successful program. They ran a lot of, like, off-season stuff. How have they done this year? I don't think very well. Let's see. I'm just going to pull it up quick. One and two. Show me something. Close losses. Yeah, no, they're going to get killed. On to th- uh, Wednesday for the boys. What are we, any anything popping out on the page? Uh, yeah, I think there's a clear front runner for Wednesday. Centennial Matamidi. Uh, Whoa. Centennial. Whoa. Looking to, uh, you know. Bounce back after kind of a rough week last week. Matamidi, another one of those schools that's creeping up. They've always been on the radar just because historically they're good. And I think they snuck into the top eight for you and Ted last week. Um, so a good matchup of teams that and are I think trying still to, probably because they haven't lost yet. I don't think they have. But have two not teams lost. that are definitely trying to make some noise early on in the year um, and kind of set themselves uh, you know, apart from the, the rest and be amongst the best if you will. Yeah, no, Matamida is definitely going to have to win to stay in the conversation, but a centennial win would get them back in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, all I'm talking about centennial is their barbecue, which I can talk for days about, but there's not a whole lot of lacrosse being talked about in centennial right now. Can't win a state title with a plate of barbecue. Yeah, (laughs) Matamida, another team that has some very athletic defensemen and a good goalie. Um, I think they're pretty young on offense. So my guess is every game, it's probably getting a little bit better, a little bit better, more comfortable playing at that physicality, that level. Um, you know, I think this is a huge opportunity. This is a tough game for Matamidi because they might not feel as strongly about Centennial anymore that maybe they did early in the season or before the season started. And Centennial has another opportunity to kind of say, hey, wait a minute. Um, you know, wait, like we, we can still play. You know, we're still in the conversation. So this yeah, very interesting game. Um, that was one of mine. And then Woodbury Irondale is another one this on Wednesday where, you know, I feel like Irondale's rolling right now. Woodbury had that first early win and they dropped one. Kind of the same thing. They have have this feeling of we have an opportunity to really get back in the conversation. I think with an Irondale win, they're down the alley wagon and I'm going to be pumping their tires until they lose. And I think we need the down the alley nation needs an Irondale win in this (laughs) one needs it. I I need it. The boys better stay. They better be hungry. We need a couple of good days of practice and we're coming out humming. This is a Wednesday nighter, right? Yeah. Wednesday night. Hump day, boys are gonna be buzzing. On to Thursday, girls, Catherine. Uh, yeah, kind of interesting matchups, but I will give um Bloomington Kennedy the shout out versus Minneapolis. Okay, because I think it might be a close um 
a competitive game for them. You know, whereas some of their games aren't competitive, I think this one would be a fun one for them to um, maybe hopefully get a win. Love it. Love it. Is that all for Thursday? I think so, yeah. Over to the boys. What do the boys got cooking? Um, We got a battle of the private schools, the the Christian private schools down in the Southwest Metro of Southwest Christian and Holy Family Thursday night. Again, might not be the headliner matchup of the night but it's definitely going to be a good matchup two schools very similar schools very similar talent wise um so i think that's something that again if you're looking for a stream and you don't know anything about these schools check it out because i think you could get a decent game at the end of the day yeah i got uh on thursday a couple here benilde and jefferson um you know, I think I expect Benilde to dominate, but I think I expected that last year and it was like a seven to six game or something like that. Yep. Um, I do remember that. I, I do think Jefferson just is one of those teams that they play. They give you 48 minutes and, you know, they're not just an easy win. Um, maybe Benilde will prove me wrong here. Um, but I feel like the last couple of years, conference opponents, so they see each other every year. It, it, it ends up being a decent game. Um, and I think this is the first kind of real test here for Benilde early on in the season uh, to kind of showcase, you know, where they're at. Um, and then, you know, I got to shout out Farmington here, uh, a game against Rosemount. That's a big uh, one for you guys. Which is, a you know, a, a next door neighboring town border battle, if you want to call it. Not an inner city necessarily, um, but again, a lot of kids a lot of the guys know each other. And I think the Farmington Rosemount rivalry is big in like all sports. Um, and it is our first home game. We've had, we started the season four games on the road. Um, so it was a tough start for us. One of them got postponed, but so three tough games on the road, finally get to be home, but Rosemount has proven to be decent this year. So that, that, that'll be an exciting one for us. That should be, a, that should be a real good matchup. Uh, I'm looking at North, East uh, versus the Valley. Uh, I'm the- done talking about them. I had that on my list, but I'm like, gosh, I've, every day I feel like I bring up Eastview. So the combos, you know, I'm going to go off. I think everyone's expecting North. I think I'm going to take the combos in this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's kind of the easy pick on that one. The obvious one, oh, to be honest. You, oh, you think the combos are the obvious pick? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Ted, who do you think the obvious pick would be? I, well, from the public eye, I think the obvious pick is North. Okay. But from what I've seen, I think the obvious pick is is Eastview because just they have the guy, right? You know, like everybody. Okay. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, they got a big one on Tuesday too. So both teams do. North yeah. has got Jacopy on Tuesday and Eastview's got Prior Lake on Tuesday. So this could be an interesting game, like coming off to like tough games. And then you got like another tough game that is like a comp. It's an interesting game. It's a very interesting for both schools. That's for sure. So, uh, on to Friday, I think there was an interesting one for the girls. Was there not? If it's Andover EP. Yes. That'll be really interesting. Uh, uh, Props to Eden Prairie for scheduling that game. Or Andover. Well, Andover wants this game. Yeah, Andover, I feel like, wants this game. And I think EP could have easily 
said, now nah, we got, you know, everybody wants to come play us or, you know, mm-hmm. we, we could have anybody in the Metro, you know, the, like the, the tight Metro, I guess Andover is considered Metro. Um, but you know, Andover awesome job getting this game because it mm-hmm. does allow them to kind of showcase where they're at against, you know, a very reputable program that's had success. So yeah, uh, it gets them kind of an opportunity to really get in the conversation. I know they already are, but they're in the conversation, uh, but this will conf- like if, if an yeah. Andover win will confirm they're a team, we need to have oh, all yeah. of our, that would be on. huge. That might be the upset I'm looking for. That is the upset I'm looking for. Uh, I need an Andover win. Something the source said on Twitter. Um, I did read through some thread, but down to Gentry Academy slash two rivers or vice versa. They're playing Hastings and a comment was made that their schedule is just kind of interesting. I won't disrespect the teams that they're playing and say easy, but like no one probably wants to play them. That's that's um, I I've heard some rumors because like they like they literally are playing just these like if you want to even just be like they're not playing anybody like that would be competitive for them. So I think I saw something uh, and, and and I don't have like com- confirmation on this, but I think I I think when when they combine schools like it's like the two rivers school is like the host school. Yeah. So they like play their schedule and then, you know, but it's like, they were trying to find like, even in like, it was like January. I saw a post that was like, we're looking for games. Like you gotta be, you gotta be willing to schedule games. Like there was like this plea online. And I'm like, something they may not know is like, sometimes these schools have like 10 year contracts to say like, we'll play you every year back and forth. Yeah. Like these games get locked in, um, you know, just to, I think and like conference, yeah. non-conference. I think thing. just be a, like just in a, for efficiency sake of being like, why do we have to let's just get a 10 year contract? And like, then we know, like we just yeah. get, get it off the, off the, you know, I don't want to be scheduled. It's not something I want on my plate or whatever. Right. And you only get 13 games a year. Yeah. 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 You can't but schedule anyways, more. I was like, I kind of, I kind of agreed that I was like, yeah, they, they so pump that, their own tires. And I'm like, you're not playing anybody. Yeah. So then it kind of goes back again to like nice job and over getting that EP. game. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, and, and cause like they're in, I think that Northwest suburban, I don't know if they have the same issue as the boys where there's like a billion conference games and they get like one out of conference game. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, Remember um, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love seeing Duluth. Like I just love these like Northern teams getting some, having a full schedule. I love to see it. Hermantown Proctor playing new Prague. That's like a six hour drive <laughs> and it's not, but like, and then like Duluth, like Coon Rapids is driving up to Duluth. Like, I think that's just so cool. Over to the boys for Friday. There's a couple that are catching my eye. Um, Moorhead Minnetonka. That's the one for me. I think, um, you know, again, talking about teams willing to schedule and give teams opportunities. I know Moorhead has come down, I think a couple times now to play Tonka. Um, and they do it where they play. I think they play Tonka on Friday, Minneapolis on Saturday. So they get two two kind of Metro games, which is cool. Um, that's the one that stands out to me. Um, I, I think Minnetonka will win. 
uh, but it's a fun matchup of two, you know, a, a state tournament team from last year, a very s- strong section contender from last year. I'm uh, going to go Moorhead. You know, Tonk has been playing these close games. This is going to be an end of the week game. More, yeah. you know, there it's more, it's Moorhead for them. They don't care. And Moorhead's going to be like, yeah, let's go beat these guys up. Yeah. No, I think, um, I don't, I don't disagree. I, 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 I think I like that pick. Uh, I don't know how I'm not as confident as you. I think Minnetonka is pretty solid this year, but uh, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, Minnetonka is on the rise for me uh, there. That's a game where, okay, you've had some close ones last week. Now is the time to, you know, win by 10. Um, I'm thinking a blowout for Minnetonka on that one. No offense to the spuds. Speaking um, of winning by 10, Matamita is going to probably win by 10 against <laughs> STA on Friday. Uh, yeah, no, that was going to be my game of Friday night. Big rivalry game. Um, I know it's it's very similar to the CDA rivalry for the STA guys, so I know both teams will be very fired up to play each other. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to pick Matamita on that one, unfortunately. Um, oh, yeah and for the sake of my own ego wow, right on this podcast I would have never guessed I would have never you're one. changing you are yeah. you are a changed man that was a big moment so if you're <laughs> listening <laughs> appreciate that you're a changed man you took Matamidai over SDA yeah. yeah I don't like it but for like I said, for the this sake is of being right, clipped. this is get, that's going to get clipped, and that's going to be tomorrow morning's publicized, you know, tweet. Um, <laughs> Ted, who do you got in this game? Because apparently, we, apparently, everyone's taking him out of Bidai. You know, I've only St. Thomas has only played one game, um, and I watched the stream, and it, it was it was it was a well played game. St. Thomas actually probably should have won that game. When they came back, they had a, they had a, just a gorgeous look on the doorstep, and they he just hit the goalie, um, and it probably should have been the one to bury it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think Matamida is probably for me the answer, uh, but I do think there's enough talent at STA to 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 make an. I guess if you want to call this an upset. Um, you know, where, where is the game at Matamidi? I'll take Matamidi. I, I think home field advantage for them. You know, it's not a terribly long drive from Mendota Heights, but it's still, you gotta, you gotta drive and, you know, deal with the away locker room and all that kind of stuff. So I'll take Matamidi as well. Moving on to Saturday on the girls side. I know prior Lake plays Blake. That's gotta be a big one. What other ones, including that one, do you like? I think that's the one. I think that's the one that stands out. I think Jefferson E. Dinah might be a good game, but also maybe not. Like, you know, it's just I I don't think it's gonna be close, but it it could be. It's kind of a good rival. Which one? Jefferson E. Dinah? Yeah, but prior like Blake will be um a telling game, I think, too, for on Blake's standings. Yeah, I'm interested to see where Blake stands. It seemed like last year they had a young team. If I remember correctly, I think so. I don't really know for sure, but I think so. I think that's been the case. Yeah. If I remember correctly, they had a young team. So, you know, maybe, th- maybe they're bringing a lot back. I don't know, but 
um it's at Blake's. So I don't know. I don't know if I'll be in the booth. Yeah. I would love to be in the booth for that game. I guess we'll see. Maybe I can maybe maybe they can set me up. Um Saturday for the boys, Chan Stillwater. Yep. That's the I think that's, that's the, the big one. You know, I beginning of the year, if we would have talked, I would have said he'd dine up and nilled. Uh, but I don't know if that if that one will be even be close. So um I don't know. I guess maybe I gave Jefferson credit to keep it close and they it was a triple overtime between them and Edina. So I, I don't know. But yeah, Chanhassen Stillwater, I think, is the game of the night. Maybe the game of the week. Um, as far as like inf- you know, this is Chan's first big test as far as like their season goes. Stillwater's probably got a bitter taste in their mouth and wants to come out and you know, if they beat Chan. That Irondale loss goes away real quick. Like that, that drops out of memory very quickly. So a, a great opportunity for both teams here. Yeah, yeah I'm, th- I'm gonna have to talk to the boss, but I think that's the game for the boys' side that uh, down the alley will be at Saturday night. Um, and I think we've talked about this before. Chan's kind of in that unfortunate location where a lot of their games turn into a long drive, and the drive from Chan to Stillwater. That's a, is a long one. So do you so, think they do you think they should probably just go there Friday night, get a hotel, so then have jet lag Saturday game day? I mean, I they do have the benefit of it being a Saturday game, so you can get out there a little early. I think I would hope the Chan coaching staff is thinking there's a sweet spot of time to get there. You don't want to get there five hours early, but you don't want to be showing up and going right into warm-ups either. Um, so just college it, go there Friday night, get a hotel, have a team dinner. Yeah. Shut her down early. Not not a bad idea. Have a walk through, get some lunch. What time's the game? Yeah. They six o'clock. That's a tough game. Afternoon nap, afternoon nap, get the boys back up pregame. Let's go. Listen, this is not a chirp. (laughs) This is not a chirp, but if you can make a trip out to Colorado for a preseason trip, you can get the guys a hotel in Stillwater. So it might be another opportunity for a team bonding. Now you've got your actual coaching staff there, right? I think it's a phenomenal idea. Get it's not a trip. Friday night. Do it if you can do it. Do it Get if you can film do it. Friday night. Request a late checkout. Yeah. You could stop at Irondale High School on the way. Get a practice in. There I want to walk through like there a little hour sticks and gloves. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah no, I think. Uh, th- yeah, this will be. This should be a good one. Um, you know, it's. And may, of course, like we're just like really excited about the game. It's gonna be like fifty to nothing or something like that. <laughs> not even close. Um, but this at least it will give us hopefully a look at kind of where both teams are. Um, you know, if it's close and like a solid game, then we can kind of say, all right, like they both are still in the conversation. But if it's like super sloppy or one sided, I think we'll have some more discussion for next week. If any team starts getting like hotels for Saturday games, I'm taking full credit for the idea. Fair enough. Yeah. A 6 PM game for a high school team on a Saturday is, is tough that because I think as much as I'm sure most kids love playing lacrosse in high school, um, you know, you're, you're, you are probably missing some stuff for a six o'clock Saturday night game, you know, um, and is the focus going to be there? Is there 
a fun, you know, outing with non-lacrosse people that you're thinking about maybe joining up after. Um, and this could be both teams, but Chan specifically, they have to probably leave at three o'clock or two o'clock or whatever. Um, at least there's not going to be rush hour traffic the whole way. Like there has been in the, I think they had weekday games against Stillwater in the past. So, um, and Stillwater came to them at once too. And during the week. So it's like that, that's tough. Uh, brutal. Um, we've gone probably longer than the listeners. If anyone's listening, thanks for staying with us. Uh, this is, this has turned into a long one. Um, I think that's all we got. Any, any last words? No, nope. Fantastic. Uh, love that. We're back in the mix. Plenty of good games, plenty of good matchups coming up this week. Shout out. Irondale coach for coming down the alley with us this week. Um, I hope somebody makes some noise, maybe a couple upsets. And I, I text or I'm DM'd them three hours ago. So um, if someone makes noise this week, hopefully your DMS are open. We'll get you on the podcast next week. Um, if you are still listening, appreciate it, but um, talk to somebody because <laughs> this is a long episode. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for, thanks for, well, thanks for everything. Thanks for coming down. We'll uh, talk next week. Later.